Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Doing much better. It seems like for the first time in maybe a couple of weeks, we finally got some good news. And I'm talking about the commitment from that youngster up at uh, up at Thompson High School. Yeah, I'm, I was going to save that for a little bit because I, you know, I figured I, I would try a different style of management. Go shitty news, good news, shitty news. But uh, <laughs> okay, we, we'll we'll do it your way. Jeremiah Alexander commits to Alabama, and um, he is listed as a four star for the 2022 class. But uh, I think that most people believe he's going to ultimately be a five-star. So um, I feel uh, I feel very confident about his sticking with this commitment, too, because it seems like he comes from a very pro-Alabama family. Um, he's rated as number nine overall player in the country for 2022. And I've seen him a couple of times at Thompson, and he is an absolute monster. I mean, it's a perfect pickup. Yeah, I saw him play in person, actually, as a really young player. I've also seen his uh... – his sophomore highlight tape, uh, it's spectacular. This is a really, really good prospect. I think that he compares favorably to this year's number one prospect, Dylan Brooks. I think he's a very similar prospect to Dylan. Maybe not quite as long, but 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 he, he might be by the time he's uh he might be by the time he's that age. So uh, this is a great pickup for Alabama. A kid far more likely to stick with his commitment than let's say a drink may, I mean, simple geography. I know the world is shrinking. The coronavirus has proven that in terms of, you know, some guy in China eats a snake. And then, then, you know, two weeks later, everybody on the other side of the globe is sick, but uh, the world is shrinking, but geography remains the number one factor in recruiting. It, it's not when it's not programs that win. It's not programs that send guys to the NFL. It's not, coaches that are popular with players know the number one factor is and always has been and forever will be geography most kids even today most kids go to college somewhat close to home no that's a that's a really good point i would also throw in girlfriends as potentially yes. that's number one b that's an under under reported undervalued thing for sure I, I i've just known many 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 occasions over the years where the girlfriend heavily influenced. I'm, I remember one local kid uh, that Alabama wanted uh, really badly. He ended up going to Auburn because his girlfriend was going to Auburn. That, that, was, the, that was the only reason. Everything else was Alabama. There's one overriding factor, the girlfriend. She was going to Auburn. Kids signs with Auburn. They break up. They break up. Not only they break up, the girl ends up not even going to Auburn. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, the 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 thing about that is, you know, when I say girlfriend, I use that term loosely. It doesn't have to be like a committed relationship either. Even It can be just sort of a, hey, I really like this girl uh, for a litany of reasons. And um, and so I'm going there. Uh, it could just be that you, you know, that's where you prefer to do your stalking. I don't know. Um, but the Jeremiah Alexander commitment is a big one and a nice one. Uh, I hope it's the first of a few to come after we had a big uh, junior day last weekend. Hopefully that uh, some 2021 guys will jump on board and, and that would make for a, a great day. Yeah. Great uh, yeah. Ho ho hopefully. Uh, yeah. Cause 2021, I mean, there's too much panic and too much negativity going on. And I've even had, I'll be honest. I've even had a couple of texts from some, uh, some media guys and some, some, 
some big names that most Alabama fans would know, just just wanting to discuss it with me in terms of, you know, off air, off text discussion about, hey, you know, do you really think this is a problem? I mean, in terms of we just got Alabama's got one commitment for 2021. And yeah, I mean, like, like, I, you know, my answer to that is it's understandably disconcerting because everything with recruiting under Nick Saban has gone terrifically for 14 years. Every, everything has been great for 14 years. The fact that all of a sudden things appear sort of cloudy or questionable, uh, that's going to raise some eyebrows or sort of sound an alarm, but, 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 but it is so early things change so much. And I'm sort of stealing this from a couple of friends and Rodney or from Tider Insider was the last to say this. Uh, that's so true. Uh, for those panic, for those like it's over, the dynasty's over, recruiting's a disaster. Look, one year ago today, uh, uh, Q Robinson was committed to Auburn. Bryce Young was committed to USC. Jace McClellan and Drew Sanders were committed to Oklahoma. I mean, that, 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 that was all what the situation was one year ago today, and look how that ended up. So it, it, is, it is way too early to panic. But I do understand the question based on the fact that everything comes up roses for, for Alabama and Nick Saban on the recruiting trail for 14 years. And, and now, now there's a, a legitimate question that's raised and, uh, and people start to, to panic. I, I also think Demoy Kennedy was committed to Auburn at this time it, last year. Also, correct. Yeah. 100%. No. We hadn't even offered. One year yeah. ago today, we hadn't even offered Demo Kennedy. Is it? Are you saying Demoy or Demo? Demo. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, his name is Demoy, but his his uh his nickname or the name that all his coaches and friends call him is Demo. D E M O. So he kind of goes by Demo, but uh, but his his first name is Demoy. Yes. I was gonna say it is. I thought it was Demoy, and I didn't yep. know you were sorry. so tight with him that you get to call. Him I Demoy. am so tight with him. I I go by the I go by the nickname. Now he his nickname is sort of pervasive. Uh, for instance. By the end of Jalston Fowler's career at Alabama, I mean, everybody called him Nudie. And, you know, I, I think the fans that were into recruiting the first year or so all called him Jalston. And then, you know, yeah. but, but I mean, literally everybody calls him Nudie Fowler. So I, I think, uh, I think Des Moines' nickname is so pervasive. Uh, I bet after a year on campus, uh, even on the TV broadcast, he'll probably be referred to as Demo. Why was Nudie called Nudie? I don't think we want to know. <laughs> this is, this seems like a good time to tell a quick story about uh that maybe people who listen to this podcast uh didn't listen to the, our old Paul podcast in talking Tuscaloosa and I won't give the player's name but I was friends with a coach at the time or friends with a friend of the coach at the time and got this story firsthand where uh one of our coaches was doing uh curfew checks and he was knocking on doors, making sure players were in their dorm rooms or uh, hotels, wherever it was. I don't remember if it was a road game or what. And he knocked on one door, and it was actually open. Like, it was kind of, like, propped open. And so when he knocked on it, it just kind of swung open, and the bathroom door was open. And on the bathroom, in the, on the toilet, was one of our players on the toilet eating a hot dog at the same – simultaneously. So he was he wasn't just using the toilet for a seat. He was actually doing what yeah. you do on a toilet. Yeah, he was doing what you were doing on what you do when you're sitting on a toilet and he was eating a hot dog simultaneously 
And he just, the coach said he just looked at him and shook his head and walked out. He's like, yeah, I think he's in for the night. I mean, it sounds like that, <laughs> that's where the coronavirus started, right there, that moment. Like, there had to be some kind of virus or bacteria form from just that moment, just the idea that that moment existed. I just have a scientific question. If you are sitting on a toilet doing your business while eating a hot dog, does that mean the business never ends? <laughs> if you just sat there and ate hot dog after hot dog after hot dog while sitting on the toilet, would you just continually, would it just be cycle in, cycle out? Is it like, just, the, is it like the Greek myth where the guy had to always push the boulder up the hill? <laughs> like that's his, <laughs> that's his curse. He has to sit on the toilet and simultaneously eat hot dogs for the which rest means of you. You never get off the, which means you never get off the toilet. Of course, I like a good hot dog. I, I, that's like a, a weakness. A weakness for me. I don't know what it is, but uh, I can. I can. I like hot dogs. I can sit there and eat a bunch of hot. Do- I can eat a shocking number of hot dogs for 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 such a uh, a small statured person. It's uh, so, you know. Even when, every now and then, I get to go uh, watch a game in a box. I, I'll do it all the time, but but I you know I get invited into a box maybe once a year or, or once every two seasons and. Even though the box, they serve all this great food, <laughs> serve like a dinner up there. We could have like a, a nice dinner plate with macaroni and cheese and all sorts of stuff like that. I walk in those boxes and grab about four hot dogs. Oh, look, free hot dogs. <laughs> Who can turn them down, Jimmy? Nobody. I cannot. Not, not me. I, I go straight for the dogs. Okay, Jimmy, let's talk about um, a rather uncomfortable situation to oh me, at least, uh, that Nate Oates' daughter put a tweet out yesterday and said, I'm not, I don't have to read it verbatim. If you want to go follow Nate Oates' daughter, look her up on Twitter. I'm, what am I, your Twitter man? Um, that was terrible. This is a young girl, too. She is not 18. Yeah. And she, it says, in fact, I think on her, um, bio, it says class of 22 or 23 or something. And I think that means when she graduates high school. Correct. Right? Okay. Yes. Anyway, she put a tweet out saying, hey, look, I've heard a lot of rumors out there about people saying the Oats aren't happy in Tuscaloosa. The Oats are very happy in Tuscaloosa and, you know, went on to say, don't listen to all that garbage. And I got to say, first of all, I think it's a sad commentary on society when the, I mean, 16, 17, 15, whatever she is, your old daughter of Nate Oats. Of any coach, anyway. Yeah, I think she's four. I think she's fourteen. Okay, fourteen. When she has to put a tweet out to quell the rumors that her father isn't happy coaching in Tuscaloosa, that's just such a sad commentary. That is not exclusive to Tuscaloosa either. I mean, yeah. it should be noted, but it's just such a sad commentary on what social media can be. However, the good news about social media is it does give her a platform to go and put the kibosh on those rumors. And I, I believe her. Now, somebody would say, a cynic would say, well, what do you expect her to say? Yeah, we this place sucks and we're ready to go back to Buffalo. No, but I think that when it comes from a 14-year-old, then I feel like it feels more honest because that generation seems to be more honest on social media, even to a fault. Yeah, I mean, I believe anything that that girl. I mean, you know, kid, kid, kids do have a remarkable sense of credibility that uh, that adults who say things like 
like it was said the, the first time around. And look, you know, I, I've read, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter a lot, uh, in particular Twitter, not so much Facebook and the other things, but Twitter a lot. And it hasn't been pervasive. I'm not saying there's some sort of movement. I'm just saying it's just, I think I've seen a total of three uh, different people suggest that uh, Nate hates it in Tuscaloosa or that he should be fired for what happened down the stretch at Alabama. Look, those are just nut jobs. They're nut cases. They have no credibility. I give it zero credence. And anyone whose opinion matters right now is 100% on board with Coach Oates and is highly supportive of him and his family. Uh, I, I hate that just two or three nut jobs can say stuff, and, and, and now everybody's got to com- comment on it, particularly Nate's daughter. And it just goes to show just frankly what buttholes people are. I mean, they're people are just buttholes in terms of what they say and the damage they do. And, and here's what makes it worse. It's like I'm sitting here scolding someone. They don't care. 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 And they, they claim to be fans. Look, fans support the program. And I'm not saying support the program when you're 0-22 and the coach really does need to be fired. And maybe you're supporting the program by suggesting, hey, if you don't fire the coach, I'm not going to renew my season tickets. <laughs> I, 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 fi- fine when, when you're talking about that. But you're talking about year one when we've set the record for most injuries in the league and we still beat Auburn and LSU during the season. And, and you're talking about firing the coach. That's not being supportive of the basketball program. In fact, it's the opposite. It's being completely destructive for no reason. And and now you've upset a 14-year-old girl. I hope some adult is proud of themselves for upsetting a 14-year-old girl over nothing. Yeah, it it really is so stupid. And And you have kids. You've got girls. Can you imagine? I mean, obviously, we're not in the public like that. But can you imagine? You'd be upset. I mean, people, obviously, some people might listen and not like our opinions, but I'm sure you wouldn't like it if, you know, your 14-year-old girl read some opinion about, you know, your <laughs> the job you do as a podcaster, <laughs> and then you get her crying. You'd be like, what butthole said something to upset my – they'll say it to me. And it's fine. Hey, if you got a problem with Nate, I mean, or, or – right, if you have something really, really important to say about the job our coaches are doing, our athletic director's email is public. Send yeah. him an email. That there's real impact. Now you're going to his boss and sharing your opinion. Tell him who you are and what your opinion is. I assure you, you might not get a response, but email Greg Bird or email Nate. Be a big boy and say, Nate, I don't think you're doing a good job. And this is why. Email him. You can find his email address online. But don't say stuff where his little 14 year old girl is going to see it. That's just that's just mean. So, I mean, there's my rant. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, and I think they should, you know, so they make sure that the 14-year-old daughter sees it. I think whoever was criticizing Nate Oates should do an apology TikTok. <laughs> with Nate's daughter. Well, what I'm saying is sort of, that's with the security present. I thought 14 to 12 to 14 year olds only look at TikTok. So, I mean, <laughs> if you really want to get in touch with her, she probably only checks Twitter like every now and again. Like, right, let me just put this out there. And there's no way she goes on Facebook. Maybe that's where she saw this. Maybe maybe someone did an interpretive dance on TikTok and said, here's my dance about why Nate is unhappy in Tuscaloosa and should be fired by, and I'm going to illustrate this, by dance, and, and did it on TikTok. And, and frankly, at that point, I take my rant back because I'm, I'm on board with just the very idea of it. 
No, I'm I'm with you. In fact, I'm gonna say, look, I'm I'm against the message. I'm I'm for watching the message. <laughs> That's right. Like That's if, right. I'll line up and watch Anton Nate TikTok dances all day. Anton Nate Oates interpretive dance, I think, is something that we may see on So You Think You Can Dance this year uh, as they're running out of ideas. Okay, uh, Jimmy, let's talk about let's talk about a couple of other odd and end things here. Um, first of all, congratulations to one Andrew Zhao for being the head coach now of the Silicaga Aggies. How about that? That's good. I mean, hey, anytime. I mean, it just does some, you know, it's not, you know, Dave, I think Damian Jeffries, former Alabama tight end from Silicaga. We've had, we've had some former good players from Silicaga. Like anytime that a Bammer can get a job in a position of influence as it can relate to recruiting, uh, that's a good thing. Now that that said, you know I'm I'm against coaches from Alabama or Auburn or anywhere else sabotaging recruiting and saying, "Hey, my kids are only going to consider one place." And I don't really think that happens very much. Uh, I think coaches have more indirect influence other than just literally demanding that their players go to you know their favorite school over the other. I don't think that happens much. But just like Sam Shade at Pinson Valley, now Andrew's out Silicaga. Uh, there's nothing but upside in having uh, former Bammers in uh, such positions of influence and power. And plus, we happen to know uh, Andrew, getting to know Andrew, being a former Alabama player and, and being in the media so much and former quarterback. He's a first-rate, first-class guy, exactly the guy you want your high school son uh, to be coached by and your high school daughter to be uh, taught by, assuming he's probably got a teacher class or two. Uh, great dude. Sam Shade at Pinson Valley, great guy. Uh, we're lucky to have them, and those communities are lucky to have them uh, in their communities. Wasn't Damian Jeffrey speaking of, um, I think maybe he was the number one player in that class, Then that class also had David Palmer in it, I think, didn't it? Damian Jeffries was in the 91, the, the famous class of 91 with David Palmer, Andre Royal, Will Brown, Elvert Brown, Shannon Brown, Rick Brown, Curtis Brown. That's pretty good that I could rattle that off. Wasn't Robert Davis in that class, too, that went to LSU from Homewood? He was in the next class, 92. He was in the 92 group, uh, and and we missed out on him. Yeah, and he went to LSU. And if you remember, opening day, he ran all over Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M won the game, but he had a great day. And then, like, he just sort of disappeared. It was his career high. It was his career high. And that leads me to believe, I don't know, because I, I didn't follow, it was harder to follow other programs back pre-internet. But uh, because Robert Davis had his best season as a freshman and best game in game one, I wonder if he had some sort of off-the-field issue, even if it was an injury situation. Because that doesn't make any sense. You can't, as a running back, rush for 170 yards in your first game against a Texas A&M as a true freshman and then just not be good the rest of your career. That doesn't even make sense to me. And I follow a lot of football, and I, that doesn't make sense. I wonder if he got hurt. I wonder if he had an off-the-field issue. You know, uh, I hate to speculate, but that's just an odd story to be so highly recruited, have the best game of your career in game number one, and then fall off the face of the earth. Uh, just very odd. Yeah, it was it was a it was definitely a, a weird thing. Um, I'm going to do some research and see what the hell's going on with him. I was a senior at Alabama. I was a senior at Alabama when uh, Robert Davis uh, committed LSU on live TV. He committed on Rick Carley's uh, Rick Carl Rick Carley 
yeah, uh, they yeah. committed when uh, on Rick, when Rick Carley's channel. It was live, and uh, we knew it was coming. They said for a couple of days, uh, Robert Davis is going to come in on Thursday on the six o'clock news, and uh, me and the girlfriend, who's now now my wife, I remember specifically we went and got a bottle of champagne. I was so into recruiting, and so and I love Robert Davis. I thought he was going to be just awesome, and uh, I thought for sure he'd be going to Alabama, and uh, and then he committed to LSU. We drank the champagne anyway. <laughs> I don't want to surprise. I don't want to surprise. I don't want to surprise. Does anyone ever get a celebratory bottle of champagne expecting great news? Then you don't get the great news. Does anyone actually put the champagne up and go, ah, oh, screw it? No, no you drink I, it anyway, right? I do have a good story about that. Um, a friend of mine, well, he was a friend of my dad's, really, who's passed on to the great beyond now. Uh, but he was notorious for doing he's the one remember I told you a story about the guy who hit his head on the table uh, laughing so hard and made a knot and then somebody came and put a glass on the table and he didn't know about it and he was trying to tell the story about how he got the knot and he bent down and it made a ring around his knot on his head this same guy (laughs) same guy this, this same guy I mean he was the kind of guy that screwed everything up just a little bit like um he was talking about he he was the golf, local golf coach here for the junior college and and they like won national championships all the time because I think he would go to like these European countries and find these golfers and promise them all this shit and so they'd come over here and by the time they got here you know he's like okay there's your dorm room they're like that doesn't look like the palace you showed me in the brochure he's like tough shit tee off at eight you know <laughs> but he um he would do things like he would he would be telling a golf story and he'd say. You know, uh, so-and-so hit that putt, and it was going straight for the hole. And then it hit the hole, and it did a complete 170. And everybody's like, holy shit, a 170? Would you have a protractor? How would you know it did a 170? You know, um, and in, first of all, it's not a, you know, you wouldn't, if it did a 180, it'd just go right over the hole. What the hell were you trying to say? Um, uh, but so this same guy, and this is no shit. I mean, you could write a book on this guy all day. This same guy was dating a girl. And the girl had a drinking problem. Well, she goes off to rehab. You know, she's gone 28 days or whatever. She gets out of rehab. He comes to pick her up. And when he picks her up, he has a dozen roses and two bottles of champagne. She gets two bottles of champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Two bottles of champagne. Is there anything worse to pick somebody up from rehab with than, you know what, you made it. Congratulations. You know, let's go. You must be thirsting to death, you poor girl. You haven't had anything to drink in 90 days. <laughs> I bet it's hard as shit to get a whiskey in there. Um, <laughs> couple of other, couple of other quick things before we close out the show. Um, to nobody's surprise. And again, we're not on this podcast to take shots at, at young kids. And this is definitely what this kid is. He's a young kid. But man... <laughs> You talk about somebody that could have had the world on a platter and he's pissing it away very, very quickly. And that's Antonio Alfano. He, he transferred out of Alabama after flaming out here very quickly. And he goes to uh, Colorado. He, he doesn't leave. He doesn't burn a lot of bridges or anything, uh, but he does. Uh, he, he does not walk off very ceremoniously. I mean, he doesn't walk off with a lot of goodwill. I would say he goes to Colorado uh, he, he actually makes a big deal on Twitter about, hey, Colorado's more to my speed and yada, yada, yada. And um, now he's been suspended indefinitely from the Colorado football team. And uh, I think it, you didn't have to be Nostradamus to see this coming. Isn't it amazing that uh, same thing happened with the Noma? You know, we had to kind of run off a Noma 
Now, it's a little different situation. I think Anoma was, to my knowledge, I think Anoma was actually removed and Alfano kind of voluntarily left, <laughs> basically because he was about to be removed. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the only thing I'll say about it is, first of all, it's some pretty bad luck that Alabama back-to-back years signed five stars, you know, at high-value positions like theirs, and we get burned because they, they neither made an impact on the program before they had to leave. But But two or three things. Number one, I hope that some people kind of understand now that the transfer portal is not just for kids who aren't happy with their playing time. Sometimes these kids are actual bad kids that aren't following the rules, that aren't doing things right, and they have to be pushed into the transfer portal because you don't want them around anymore. But it just seems to me people are so quick to assume every time they hear of a kid leaving in the transfer portal, they're quick to assume, oh, well, you know, he was unhappy with his playing time, so he's choosing to go somewhere else. I I believe, I would have to look this up, Luke, but based on some of the inside scoop we get from here and there, I'm going to look it up, but I would bet, Luke, that one half, one half of our kids that have transferred out during the portal era have been kicked out. I mean, I think it might be as as many as half, and and it does happen, and, and, and now we see with Alfano and Anoma, uh, what we were dealing with that this this wasn't Nick Saban uh, lightly just deciding uh, that uh, hey this kid uh, was late for class a couple of times so you got to leave no no it's pretty significant issues going on with those two. Well, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Bama. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Draft Dudes. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide.